Praise God. Keep um, uh, the Swearingham family in prayer. Um, Brother Larry Swearingham is in the hospital at Parkland. Um, Vicki talked to, to Kathy this morning, and she, he's doing better. But uh, their son Richard and Kathy both are sick, so keep them all in prayer today. I'm not aware of anyone else here at Abundant Life that's hospitalized right now. I don't think. I know there's been some that have been that are that have that that have been released. But right now, I know Larry is Larry Swearingham is still in the hospital. So keep. Keep him and their family in prayer as well. Open your Bibles with me this morning to the to the book of Second Corinthians. The book of Second Corinthians. Uh, one day last week, um, while doing what I've been doing mostly, sitting and uh, <laughs> uh, just meditating and things, but the the Holy Spirit. Just this, ver- this passage, these verses came to me. I had posted them then on our church Facebook page, but they just ministered to me uh, in second, from 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Chapter number 4. And I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture this morning and try to share a little bit with you a word of encouragement if I can, okay? Build our faith a little bit. Anybody ever feel like you need your faith built? So if I'm not helping you this morning, I'm preaching to me, and, and I'm, I'm praying that I'll help myself today, all right, and encourage myself in the Lord. You know, David had to do that. He encouraged himself in the Lord, and sometimes we have to do that. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 8 And I'm reading from the New King James, chapter 4, verse 8. Paul said this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Can anybody say amen to that? Thank God. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the Word of God. And I want to ask you today to anoint me and to give me strength in my voice today, in my body, in my spirit, to help me to share what you've given me today to share with this church. And I give you the praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. 2 Corinthians, I love the book of 2 Corinthians. I encourage you to to read and to study this book. But the book of 2 Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote to this church, which was a letter of encouragement to this church. And um, two of the key words as you study 2 Corinthians that you'll find there are the words comfort and encouragement. And so Paul is encouraging this body of believers and even in spite of everything that the Apostle Paul had been through and everything that he had faced and in this letter of 2 Corinthians he talks to them and tells them later on in 
the 11th chapter some of the things that he had faced and some of the things that he had been through. But in spite of all that he had went through, this letter was a word of encouragement. He could still write a letter to this body of believers that was saturated with encouragement. How many of y'all know we need encouragement from time to time? Amen. We need to encourage one another. Paul had written the first epistle, the first letter to this church, and had dealt with some spiritual problems that were going on in the church. He had written to them, as he mentions in this, this, uh, in this second epistle, how he had written to them a severe letter of correction, but now he's writing them a letter of encouragement. There is time for correction, and there's time for encouragement. How many knows that? And uh, so Paul, in writing this letter, he shares his secret of victory and uh, that he experienced and lets them know that even when he experienced troubles and pressures and trials in life, that the secret that he found to victory and the secret to overcoming was that he learned to focus his attention on God and the promises of God and not on the problem. He learned to see the Lord even in the midst of his trouble. And he brings that out down in verse number 18 when he says, for we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, he wasn't telling and we don't tell anyone to ignore your problems or to deny your problems or just to say that well they don't exist they're not real problems are real how many know that sickness is real how many know that amen but in the midst of those problems Paul was teaching this church to get their focus right to look to the Lord to see the Lord and ladies and gentlemen you know as well as I do that Christians that believers that that children of God have problems just like everyone else none of us being in Christ or being a believer does not exempt us from problems boy it'd be nice if it did wouldn't it I mean, you know, we could promise everybody, hey, you get saved and all your troubles are going to be over and you're not going to have any more problems, but that would not be true. That would not be the case. So we're not exempt. We can find ourselves, uh, you know, in places where we're down and out. Anybody here ever been discouraged? Amen. I don't know of any Christian that has never faced discouragement. That's something that we all face and we all go through. We've all come to that place at one time or another through various problems that have come our way where we have been tempted to just to wave the white flag and just to throw in the towel and just to give up and say, well, what's the use? And the enemy likes to 
come in those times when you're going through those difficult times and tell you, what's the use? Where's God now in, your, in, in the situation that you're going through and what's your faith? Why did the Lord allow this to happen to you? So we can get discouraged, but when those times come, saints of God, we've got to learn to look to the Lord and realize that it's His grace that will still continue to see us through, that His Spirit will continue to sustain us, and that no matter what we're facing in life, He still is the way maker and the miracle worker and the promise keeper and the light in the darkness. And He's still my God. And He's still my refuge. And He's still my strength. And He's still my helper. And He's still on the throne. And He's not lost any of His power. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah. So Paul speaks of the conflicts that he faced and the the conflicts that every believer faces. And he uses terminology. He uses terminology in in these passages of Scripture that speak of combat. And all through Paul's writings, he talks of combat and of wrestling, and of boxing even. You know, he must have been, Paul must have been kind of a sports, sort of a sports fan. He enjoyed athletics because many times in the Word of God, he, he likens the Christian life to athletic events. We're in a conflict. We're in a wrestling match. We're wrestling, the Bible says, not with flesh and blood, but we're, we're wrestling in the spiritual realm against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in heavenly places. And so Paul here says in our text, he says, listen, you may be going through some stuff. You and I, he said, may be pressed by troubles on every side but in the midst of that we're not crushed he said we you may you may face times when you're perplexed and you don't know what to do but in the midst of that perplexity we are not driven to despair and we're never abandoned by God are you listening to me and Paul made the statement there he said you may even be knocked down but you're not destroyed you may be cast down to the ground or knocked down flat of your back but praise God you're still not knocked out come on somebody you may hit the canvas and hit the ground and look like that you're down for the count but Paul said in the midst of that you're not knocked out you're more than a conqueror you can still rise up and meet the thing and overcome the thing no matter what the situation may look like in your life can I get an amen today Oh, hallelujah. I, 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 I wish I felt a little stronger because I feel like preaching. It's been a few weeks. The supreme characteristic of a victorious Christian is not the fact that that individual does not fall, but the supreme characteristic in a victorious Christian is that every time he or she does fall, they get back up and they rise up again. Amen? 
Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, that a just man falls seven times and rises again. And I think that we know that there are times that we all get knocked down. I felt like the last couple of weeks that I've been knocked flat of my back and was down for the count. And many of you can say amen to that. And there's times that we do get knocked down, not necessarily maybe with sickness, but it can be family problems, it can be, um, it can be financial problems, it can be spiritual attacks, so many different various things that can come our way that we get knocked down. But here's the thing, saints, this is what I want to encourage you with this morning. We may get knocked down, but we don't stay down. We get back up. We pull ourselves by the help and the grace of God. We get back up and we fight another round. Praise God. We go one more round. Hallelujah. And ultimately there will be victory, ultimate victory. Can I get an amen? I I love Micah chapter 7 verse 8. And uh, it says this, Micah 7 and 8. He says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy, for when I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Hallelujah. See, at times we may seem to be beaten, but we are never ultimately defeated. I want to say that again. At times, you as a Christian, you as a believer, may seem to be beaten but I'm telling you that's just one round in this match you will not if you'll keep your faith anchored in Christ if you'll keep your eyes on him if you'll continue to believe and trust him you will not we will not be ultimately defeated we may lose a battle once in a while but in the end we will never lose the war can I get an amen because Jesus has has already overcome and conquered. So Paul compares, as I mentioned, the Christian life to athletic events. And all through the scripture, he tells us to strive. He says, strive for the masteries in one place. Another place, he says in Philippians 3, to press toward the goal. He said that we wrestle, as I said, against spiritual wickedness and not against one another. And so Paul always encourages the saints to never quit and never give up, no matter how bad the circumstances may be. No matter how weary or discouraged we may become, the Bible says that he gives power to the faint and to those who are weak. He increases strength. That's what I'm believing for today. Come on, amen? Praise God. So this... I I, I don't have to tell you, but I'm going to say this. This year, thank God's getting almost over, but anyway, this year of 2020 has been a rough year. It's been a rough year for everybody. It's It's been rough on our nation, but it's been a rough year for the church and for this church. It's been a rough, the last couple of weeks have been a rough couple of weeks for everyone here at Abundant Life Family Church. And the enemy has attacked and tried to stop us and defeat us. And he's raged against the church and he's raging against the nation. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're not the only church that has had to close services because of the congregation, many in the congregation 
being uh, contracting COVID-19. There are many churches that have had to, to close. I was just uh, uh, heard or read uh, a Facebook post of, a, of an evangelist that I'm friends with on Facebook and um, had, had started revival last week in Oklahoma, in a church in Oklahoma, and God was moving. I mean, they, they, I had been following some of the posts of the revival that was taking place there in that church, and it, it had begun to spread throughout the community, and, and people were coming, and there was a mighty move of God, and people were being, being touched. It was a revival that he said that this church had been praying for for a number of years, just like we've been praying for revival and for a move of God. And so they went, were scheduled to go th- Sunday through Wednesday. They went Sunday through Wednesday. And, uh, and so they took Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off. The pastor asked the evangelist to come back that this Sunday to begin and to go another week. Things were moving so greatly. But between Wednesday and today, through, through those, those last few days, the pastor of that church came down sick with coronavirus. The evangelist had coronavirus. Many in the church came down tested positive with coronavirus and they had to shut the revival down. So it's not just here. It's, it's taking place everywhere. It's, listen to me. It's an attack of Satan against the body of Christ. I know everybody's getting it in, 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 in our nation and throughout the world. There's been uh, over 200,000 that have died. I understand all that. But there's an attack right now of the enemy against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to rise up and pray like we've never prayed before. Come on, somebody, and stand against this attack of the enemy. Hallelujah. It's been a rough year. But God knows that if we won't quit, if we won't give up, if we'll hang in there, God's not about to give up on his people and his church. Can you say amen? So in this text, Paul said that we are, he said that we are pressured He said that we are perplexed, we are persecuted, and we are plummeted, yet we are still more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And notice what he says in verse 8, and I'll try to to hurry. Verse number 8, he said we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. The words there, hard-pressed, in the Greek mean to be squeezed, to be compressed, and to be pressured. The Greek word is a word that is used to describe the crushing of grapes. When they would put the grapes in the, in the wine vat and they would, they would crush them and stomp them and mash them. That's what this word has an analogy of. The crushing of grapes. It means to suffer tribulation and it was also used to describe the pressing of a crowd. This word is used to describe a press. You ever been in a big crowd when just everybody was not socially distancing and they were all just pressing against one another? And I don't know about anybody else. I don't like to be pressed in a big crowd like that. I'm not really claustrophobic, but I don't like that. And that's what this word refers to, to be pressed in a crowd. But it also means something else. It also has reference to a wrestler that would press his opponent to the mat and attempt to 
pin him to the mat. And, and Paul said, we are, we are pressed. We are hard pressed. We are, we are in a place where Satan, the powers of darkness are attempting to pin us to the mat. But he said, we are not crushed. In other words, we may be pressed, but we are not pinned. Are you listening to me? Amen. Anybody ever, you know, now, when I was a kid, Brother Mark may remember, remember wrestling at the chase, you know, I mean, when we were kids, we, 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 I loved to watch that, you know, and wrestling at the chase, Dick the Bruiser, Dick the Bruiser, and, and <laughs> well, some of y'all, how many, anybody else remember that? I'm probably dating myself a little bit, but, but there was Dick the Bruiser and Harley Race and King Kong Brody and uh, some of those guys, you know, and they, they would wrestle. And, then, and, and, and I, I used to love to watch that. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't realize that a lot of it was just put on in a show, but it was good entertainment. And then when my kids were, were small, um, I would watch wrestling with them. My boys would like to watch it. And those were the days, you know, um, of the WWF of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and Ric Flair and um, uh, Randy Savage, the Macho Man, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and all, all those guys. And, and, and so you're familiar with wrestling. And, and, and that pro wrestling, you know, I think it's still on. There's, a, there's some on on Friday nights, but I don't, I don't watch it anymore. But it's entertainment if you're in for that. You can pretty much, you know, remember, you can pretty much uh, figure out how things are going to go, uh, you know, because it is scripted. I hate to break anybody's bubble, but it is uh, scripted. Come on, somebody. But you know how that wrestler, would, one wrestler would attempt, the, the, the object was to throw their opponent to the mat and to pin, to pressure them and to pin their shoulders to the mat. In pro wrestling, it was for boom, boom, boom for the count of three. But everybody has seen how that one wrestler would have the other one nearly pinned and the ref would get down there and hit one, two, and have his hand up in the air and that one that was on the mat that was pressed, that was almost pinned, somehow would jerk that shoulder up and refuse to be pinned and maybe even somehow manage to get a reversal on his opponent and go from almost being pinned to pinning his opponent. That is what the Apostle Paul is referring to here in this passage. He said we're hard pressed. We're on the mat and there's many times that the enemy is about to press our shoulders to the mat but he says we are not pinned. Can I tell you something? Ladies and gentlemen, pull that shoulder up today. Pull that. Refuse to be pinned. I'm telling you if you will do that, God knows how to turn the thing around and bring a reversal in your situation and put you back on top again. Can you give him a praise? Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. God knows how to do it. The devil has had us seemingly on the mat with our shoulders nearly pinned. But God says we're squeezed, but we're not squashed. 
Amen? I said we may be squeezed, but we are not squashed. See, the difference in success and failure in life is what it takes to pin you. The difference in your success and failure as a Christian is what it takes to pin you. And ladies and gentlemen, it's no disgrace to get down. The only disgrace is to stay down. Don't give up. And that's what Paul is saying here. We know the life of Joseph, how that Joseph had the promise of God, of how God was going to bless him and exalt him. It just seemed like everything went south. He was sold into slavery to Egypt by his brothers. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, put in prison for many years. He spent many years in prison. He was forgotten by the butler when he had promised that he would tell Pharaoh about him after Joseph had interpreted his dreams and the circumstances that Joseph went through had him pressed, hard-pressed, But you know what? There was something about Joseph. No matter what he went through, he never let the enemy pin his shoulders to the mat. He never was defeated. You know, you never read anything about Joseph ever complaining. And I'm sure that if he would have, it would have been recorded. But it's not recorded that Joseph ever complained all through what he was going, uh, the time that he was going through. He was, he was continuing to trust the Lord. Job was another one who, who was nearly pinned. Satan had him on his back. He had lost everything. His wealth was gone. His family was gone. His health was gone. He was pressed to the mat. But in the midst of all that, even when his friends came and and ridiculed him and accused him of being a hypocrite, Job refused to be pinned. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. And though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And God gave a reversal. And Job came up off the mat. He was hard pressed, but he wasn't crushed and he got back up and the Bible said that God restored all of Job's losses and gave Job back twice as much as he had before. There's a reversal coming. The devil ain't gonna win this thing. We're in a wrestling match but we're getting up. We're getting up. We're getting up. We're getting up. Woo! Hallelujah. Successes are made from people who've been pressed but refuse to be pinned, refuse to let the opposition get them. We're squeezed, but we're not squashed. Amen. Hallelujah. We're perplexed, he said in that second part of verse 8. He said we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. That word perplexed means to be without resources. It means not to not know which way to go. It means to turn, not know which way to turn or what to do or to be hesitant and and to doubt your situation. Anybody ever been perplexed? Huh? Anybody ever been in the place where it seemed like there were no resources, where you didn't know what to do. It's that place of being at wit's end, 
but never being at hope's end. He said, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. In other words, Paul was saying, you may be confused, but you're not confounded. You may be bewildered, but you're not befuddled. You're not in despair. You're never destitute of the resources and you're never utterly at a loss even when you don't know what to do. Paul found himself at wit's end. Many times he found himself overwhelmed by the circumstances and the obstacles. But Paul still managed, no matter what he went through, to find a way out when there didn't seem to be a way out. God always makes a way out. Amen? You can't see. Perplexed means you can't see a single way through. You don't know how you're going to make it. Huge opposition stands in the way and it seems impossible to come through that situation and there doesn't seem to be an answer. And he said, we're perplexed, but praise God, we're not in despair. God always has a way of showing up and making a way where there is no way as long as you and I will stand true to Him. The phrase here, Paul was, in this phrase he was saying, Basically, when he said perplexed but not in despair, he was, he's saying there was no way, but I found one. God gave me a way. Kind of like a football player, a running back who hits that line. You know, Brother Mark's coached football, and those running backs that They'll, 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 sometimes, sometimes that offensive line does a good job in opening up a hole for that back to go through. But then sometimes they miss their assignment. And there's some big 300-pound defensive linemen there that are doing everything that they can with all their strength and their power to make sure that there's no opening for that back to go through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I haven't been watching any NFL this year, but I have been watching some good college football and some high school, you know. But you know what I'm talking about. There's some, there's some good backs. You think about some of the, 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 the offensive backs of the past, some of the great running backs, Barry Sanders and Walter Payton and Gail Sayers and some of those guys, you know, they could make a hole where there wasn't a hole. They could hit that line and spin when there wasn't a way. They could go until they found a way. And see, that is what Paul is making an analogy of. When there doesn't seem to be a way and you're you're confused and perplexed and bewildered, just in the nick of time, right when you think there's no way, God has a way of opening up a hole, of opening up a way, just like he did at that Red Sea when he led them there and there wasn't no way through and the enemy's coming up behind them and they're perplexed and confused and bewildered and not knowing what to do. But God Almighty made a way where there didn't even seem to be a way. 
He'll do that for you. I said, he'll do that for you. We're perplexed. We don't understand why things happen, but we're not in despair. God will bring us through. Can I get an amen? Woo, hallelujah. I gotta close. I'm about to wear out. Number three, he said, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. That word persecuted means to put somebody to flight, to pursue them, to harass them, to mistreat them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what Satan has been doing to the church of Jesus Christ. It's been a harassment of the powers of darkness against God's people. We've been pursued, we've been harassed, we've been persecuted by the powers of darkness. And the apostle Paul was no stranger to persecution, to being pursued by the enemy. I thought of David, how that even after God had anointed David to be king over Israel, and promised him the throne in the place of Saul, how that the enemy you saw to persecute David, to harass David, to chase David, to pursue David. And for years he ran for his life and it didn't even look like him. Brother John preached about it when he was here, how that David even one point said in his heart, I shall surely one day perish at the hands of Saul. He didn't see any way out of that. He was persecuted, he was harassed, he was mistreated, he was chased. Can I tell you something today that Paul said in spite of his pain and in spite of his persecution, he made it clear we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Can I tell you something that God has promised never to abandon us, never to leave us. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. He's there and he never stops. He never stops. Stops. He never stops working. How many of y'all believe that? I, I went through, you know, this past couple of weeks, there were days God felt like a million miles away. I couldn't pray. I couldn't read. I couldn't, I could listen. I couldn't drink coffee. Amen. I, you know, I was in bad shape. Come on, amen. I couldn't do nothing. And God felt like he had totally forsaken me and my mind was plummeted by the enemy with thoughts of how we're gonna make it. It'll never come back after this. Hallelujah, it's all your fault. Then you got some people calling and telling you it's all your fault. You know, like I needed that, come on. But I'm telling you what, God made the promise and said even though we're persecuted, we will never be abandoned or left by God Almighty. Woo, he's there with us. He's there for us. His presence will always be with the believer. Praise God. Last of all, verse 9. This is kindly where we began. You're struck down, 
Verse 9, struck down. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're plummeted. We're beaten. We're struck down, knocked down, but not destroyed. That word struck down means to be thrown, to be knocked to the ground. It means to take someone with force and knock them down. So a good translation of this phrase, of this verse, in the Phillips translation and in the Williams translation, translates it this way. He said, we're always getting knocked down, but we're never knocked out. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if that blesses anybody or not, but it blesses me. See, Paul wasn't only pursued and pressed and perplexed, but he was plummeted. He was knocked to the ground. He was knocked off his feet. He was knocked down over and over again. But the enemy can never bring the knockout punch to the Apostle Paul. He appeared many times to be down for the count. It looked like many times that this would be the end of Paul. He gives a list. You can read it in 2 Corinthians, in that book of 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, I think beginning with about verse 25. And he gives a whole list of things that he had been through, that had happened to him, how that he was beaten with rods, he was shipwrecked, he was persecuted, and, and, and all the things that had happened to him. But he had been knocked down over and over again. But the thing about Paul was he just kept getting back up. He wouldn't be knocked out. He didn't have a glass jaw. We got too many Christians today who's got a glass jaw. Just one pop from the enemy and they're down and out. They ain't getting back up. We can't be that way. Let me tell you, we gotta be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and put on the whole armor of God. And when we find ourselves down and it looks like we're on the canvas and the ref has given us the count hallelujah before he gets to 10 we get back up and get back in in the fight hallelujah it's a good fight of faith ladies and gentlemen it's a good fight and a good fight is the fight that you always come out the victor and the winner and the overcomer amen a knockdown is not necessarily a defeat Watch the Rocky movies. Huh? I love the Rocky movies. A knockdown. Man, you know, you, when, when Rocky fought Apollo Creed, when he fought that Russian, I mean, he was pulverized. He was beat. He hit the canvas. He went down for the count. And I mean, even, even when, when, regardless of his physical condition, regardless of the advice from the team, the ringside team, when, when Mick wanted to throw in the towel and wanted him to quit and he couldn't even see out of his eye and he got back up when he was knocked down and got back in the ring to fight another round and he became, I know it's a movie, but it's a good movie, come on, and he became the heavyweight 
champion of the world and dealt the knockout punch. Why? Because when he was down, he wouldn't stay down. He got knocked down, but he couldn't knock him out. The devil can't knock you out if you'll just keep getting back up. He cannot knock out the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand and worship the Lord today. Woo, hallelujah. So I don't know if I've helped you, but I preach myself happy. I'm ready for a nap now. Praise God. Our worship team's coming. Listen, saints, the only way to be defeated, do you know what the only way to be defeated is? To quit. To not get back up. To let the devil pin you and press you. To let the devil block your way where you can't get through. To allow the devil to knock you down and you just lay there and say, well, I just can't go through no more. I just can't get back up. I'm just going to take the 10 count and let the ref count me out. That's the only way to be defeated is to refuse to get back up when life knocks you down. And ladies and gentlemen, life is going to knock us down at times. But we've got to trust the Lord, to look to the Lord, and to get right back up. Let me close with this scripture. Back in 2 Corinthians 4, I'm going to read the scripture. Verse 7, just before my text. In verse 8, Paul said, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency, listen to this, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, it's not me getting back up in my own strength. It's not me or you getting back up when the devil knocks us down in our own power or ability. But it's true.